Hello, everyone, and welcome to AIW's The Card is Going to Change, brought to you by Smart Mark Video, Angelo's Pizza. Make sure you try the award-winning Angelo's Pizza on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio, and Jack Prince. For all your printing, logo, sign, graphic, and apparel needs, check out Jack Prince at jackprince.com. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. We're coming to you live. From the studio apartment in Chicago, Illinois. And we're joined with a very, very special guest, the owner of that apartment, <laughs> Mr. Cole Cabana. Hey, I'm hey I'm guys. uh I'm taken I'm taken back by all this memorabilia. This is like uh, one of the most famous wrestling homes of all time. It's sensory overload. Is that real? You guys are taken back by this? We Dude, were I was so nervous on the way here. This is my stuff. This I I, I try to, you know, I don't like, I don't go crazy. I don't have like he, Chris Hero style everything up here, but. He buys merch off of eBay, off my eBay store. <laughs> that's, so. what, that's what I hear. But I, I find stuff, there's some stuff over here. I, I stole that from, uh, well, I won't say where I stole that from, but that uh, little Noki creature there, that's mine. Allegedly stole that. Yeah, and uh, there's a Rollerball Rocco uh, headband signed to me um, that's over there, hidden behind all these t-shirts. Over there, uh, there's the, the, the Hulk Hogan and Terry Funk uh, EP. Uh, or The unboxing area. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so people have seen that. So this is my home. And if you if you watched Wrestling World Diaries 3, you do. It was the first time I ever really let anybody in here. I don't. I haven't let anybody, like, really into my apartment in terms of filming it and seeing it. But I was like, ah, you know what? For the movie, let's, let's we get want, it. We there. wanted to come in here, like, with cameras rolling, like. Like MTV Cribs. Indie Cribs style. Indie Cribs, well, we wanted the, I mean, I was, I saw it in the Wrestling Road Diaries 3, but still, I was just like, where's that one, two, three kid single it at? Like, I'm looking around for all these different things, mm-hmm. like, it's like a museum almost. Uh, can we take a mark pick with us in the unboxing area, and I play the role of Marty DeRosa? Sure. Cardboard Daddies. Of course. <laughs> Piggins loves the I unboxing I love those video. unboxing videos. Are you a Cardboard Daddy? I'm a, I'm a uh, dabbler. He's a dabbler. <laughs> We tried to get that unboxing thing going, and it didn't work. We only got one box. Well, we had the Weird World doing it. Well, that's kind of, yeah. That's, you don't have the uh, the charisma of a Colt Cabana and Marty DeRosa. They, they lit the box on fire, so that probably offended some, <laughs> of, the, some <laughs> yeah. of the people. But we are here to talk about the Wrestling Road Diaries. Uh, one of probably our most proudest accomplishments is being uh, featured in all three of them. Uh, really, I, like, that's something that I think Biggins and myself both are, like, take great pride in being on in all three of those documentaries so when when i like when i when i have an idea and i have like uh, the groups the first one was you know me brian and and sal and then the second one was me luke and and cliff and then me kiku and grado like it's 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 always three kind of like higher tier guys you know if you will so it's hard to like go to people and say hey are you like we're trying to make this thing are you willing to kind of dish out some money it's not that much because we want to make sure it's enough. Or we want to make sure that the promotions will pay for it. But I feel that you guys are the only smart ones to realize, like, yeah, we want to be on it. We don't really Fuck care. Yeah, we want that exposure. <laughs> well, However, we did have to pay Luke Gallows his full rate still for. Uh, no, you didn't. Oh, yeah. It's pretty high. Because I remember you called me at a Walmart and you're like, hey, I know we, you know, talked about me and Cliff, but we had a Luke Gallows and, you know, he's going to be a little steeper than me and Cliff. No, I'm just saying that he ended up not being able to wrestle, but we still pay, we still paid him his full. Yeah, he, he might have charged you deep for a different show that he was on, but the, no, we don't. That was the only time we ever booked him. Well, because I paid him all 
I remember I I was the manager and I paid them all for the for the film. yeah yeah like you you like you just collected like the one time fee but you said right Luke and every Gale, time Luke, Luke Gallows is driving a hard bargain to get this movie made right when, and but, every time the price has gone up one two three it's gone up has it yeah yeah bit. well this time I flew in guys from fucking Japan and Scotland hey I don't care we'll take it we'll pay whatever it fucking costs and all right and I was essentially paying I paid the flight you know which was they were each about thousand dollars oh we and know oh we know the yeah, Grado you know, flight. we know about the Grado flights for sure so and you definitely. Did. I don't even think you paid that for all three of us. So, uh, so in saying that, yes. But the point was is that you guys are quick to jump on it. Oh, hundred percent. Especially, especially around the time of the first one, because like we were just kind of like dabbling on the edge of like getting some notoriety, but still like nowhere fucking near where we wanted to be, or you know, just as a promotion, still learning and growing. And uh, we wanted to jump. I, I remember. You presented us with the idea when in the house I used to live in, in the basement, you were just like, we were like, man, one day we want to get Brian Danielson. Because I think we were like, how do we get the American Dragon? Because like he was kind of like, if you didn't know him, like he didn't really have like. He wouldn't respond to our MySpace messages. Yeah, <laughs> like it was like MySpace. It's just like he's not responding to our MySpace messages. And that at that time, fuck. I mean, that was doesn't even seem like it was that long ago. But yeah, but I know, I don't think he, he... He didn't really do much. And he also, I don't think he had a real email that was out there. I guess yeah. MySpace was the only way to get well, to Well, and that's, that's what we're saying is, like, unless you, like, physically, like, met him or knew him or, like, somebody set you up with him, like, it was... He wasn't going to take a booking, and he was so busy with international and, like, ROH and shit. And one day, we're, like, we're just like, man, how do we get the fucking American Dragon? And you're like... You told us, like, just so nonchalantly, you're like, you'll get him one day, I'll make sure it happens. And then, like, uh, you were like, I have this fucking really crazy idea, and you, you presented it, like, you told us about it, but it was, like, just kind of, like, in a passing thing, it wasn't set up. And then, all of a sudden, I think you called me at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, and you are like, hey, <laughs> I need you to have a show on a Thursday. Yeah, I was wondering, yeah, you guys... You guys just said you'll you'll do you did the show. Yeah, we're like we we'll, did we'll, the show before we had anything. Yeah, we said, said. we'll do we'll I, we'll say like you're like I'm gonna make this happen, uh, and we're like we'll do any day that you need to get in the movie. And you're like you need to do a show on a Thursday night. Do you remember my schedule from the first one more than I do? What did we do Wednesday? Was it, I think you did a clinic somewhere. Was that the first show that we? Oh, because you were in the middle of the you, week. So okay, so I. I don't even know if you remember this. I was supposed to film you guys. Yes. And I couldn't do it because I was in a wedding and you had that uh, you had that English John guy come so over. So do you know, he's like YouTube famous now. Really? The like f- viral? The guy who filmed the Wrestling Road Diaries 1, I recently just found this out. His name is, is John Atkins and he's known on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter as the ukulele guy. He's, uh, I'm sorry. And see, I would think he would be known as the guy who eats saltine crackers real fast. <laughs> oh, did he win the? Oh, wait, yeah, he won the, the contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe I'm saying, sorry, the ukulele teacher. Oh, so he does like how to play the yes, ukulele. And I recently looked up his stuff, and he had like he had a couple videos that had like two million. Uh, oh, man, he's probably two million rich. hits. Yeah. yeah, he moved to Los Angeles. I think I'm, he's working just on YouTube money. So I remember, like at the time, I did not have a job. I didn't have shit to do. And you're like, hey. You got a camera? You want to film me? And I'm like, yeah. And you're like, here are the dates. And I was like, literally, the only fucking thing I have to do in my life is that Friday. I'm the best man in a wedding, mm. and I considered not not doing it. Here's and, and you already have all that uh, like documentary experience with Colt with the gathering of the Juggalos. I think no. Th- I think that this was before that. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Here's my question: Are they still married? Yeah, and I I don't think I've seen him since the fucking wedding. To be honest, that. like <laughs> he got married and he fucking dis- disappeared. First AIW champion, the Thrillbilly. Shout out. Whatever happened to that? Have we ever talked about the document? The 
the gathering of the juggalos? No, no. I like, mean we talked about Tita Tequila on the podcast, but I have I still have that private. Did you trailer. film it? Yeah, I filmed it. Were you supposed to put something together? He edited the whole thing. I edited it. like a. I gave you the tapes. You have the tapes. Yeah, but you never edited like a whole piece together. No, 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 no. You said you're. That's give why it. you're dead to me. You no. You said you were, give you the tapes. You were going to give it to your guy, and um, then something never something never came about. I don't think. Yeah, I made a trailer for you. And Did then, you? Yeah, it's private still on the AW YouTube. Uh, it's like a trailer of coming soon, and uh, it's just like clips together of the whole gathering of the Juggalos thing, and then you're like, okay, now give me the tapes, and I'm gonna have my editor do um, it. Oh, maybe, yeah. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and I needed the ten grand uh, for Tequila. tequila oh, that's a whole other story. Oh my! I God. mean, we told the story on the podcast. Yeah. Necro Butcher didn't want to go home. Yeah. So, but anyway, I was supposed to tape. I was fucking pissed that I couldn't do it. You guys actually started. At my house, you and John Atkins came and stayed the night on like a Monday at my place driving. Maybe you were driving. I don't know where you guys were no, driving. It was probably a Thursday or, f- or Wednesday because we were probably going to Ring of Honor. And then that's what oh, we Oh, yeah, you we were going to start? Our, yeah, we went Ring of Honor on the weekend. And then we made our way through the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you were one of the Midwest shows. You guys started at my place. You're like, okay, you know, we're going to, we're going here uh, probably to Ring of Honor. And then. Uh, I don't know. I, I know you guys had a clinic set up and then we had to have a show on a Thursday, on a Thursday night. And then you guys were going to go do Brian's last ring of honor weekend in New York, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, and we were like, fuck it. Yeah, man, we'll do it. We'll, we'll do a show any day. And then we couldn't fucking find a venue to do a show. So Drew Cordero from beyond wrestling, like worked at this haunted house, yeah. uh, this year-round haunted house, the Ghostly Manor Thrill Center in Sandusky, Ohio. But they had been doing other indie shows there with this company that doesn't even exist anymore. And uh, the deal was is they would allow us to do a show there, but it had to be five AIW matches and five matches from that other promotion. And we're like, fuck it, we only need three oh, matches. Oh, okay. So, like, and then it went back and forth. Like, they would do a match, and then we would do a match. So and that's like, why, like, our like, DVD... We sent, we sent, like, employees of AIW or staff or whatever to make sure they didn't tape your guys' matches. Like, yeah. we were like, we have the rights to the road diary. Yeah, it was, like, it was really weird because, like, working with other wrestling promoters is, like, fucking like uh, difficult as as it is and plus the the place was paying us like they gave us like a flat fee that uh we had to split so like really yeah yeah, yeah. like drew, drew cordero set this set this whole thing up be, because we couldn't find a venue anywhere in cleveland we ran it was in sandusky so ohio you couldn't find a venue and then all of a sudden on left field you just get a sold show well no like we <laughs> knew that we knew that that place had been buying shows from another promotion yeah and we knew that drew worked there so we're like hey drew like what kind of deal can you get us for this? Mm. And he's like, oh, fuck, man, this would be great for this place to get that, you know, to get the, you know, because he was like the, the the publicity manager or some shit. Was there any other? So I, the one big sh- the one crazy match out of that one was was Brian Danielson versus Johnny Gargano. Right. Yeah. And you wrestled Jimmy DeMarco. Yes. And then Sal Renaro was, was in like, like he wrestled like Benny Boone. And like- I was going to say, was there anyone else that like came up like that was like really young on that card? Because in 2009. That is like, I mean, maybe I great. They, like Greg Iron, might the have Duke, been there. the youngster, the upstart, <laughs> the, the youngster Duke. Duke. Uh, like the big match, the like the big money match we we knew was going to be Gargano, who was virtually still kind of an unknown at that time, uh, against Brian Danielson. And Gargano, you know, told the story on our podcast before, but that's the first time that nobody would ever call anything with him. 
He said, like, Dragon was just like, kind of see out there, kid. Yeah. And he was, like, shitting his fucking pants. Which is funny because to Brian, like, that show was a very minor show for him. Yeah, yeah. For all of us. It was just like, let's just have fun. And it's kind of funny to see the difference between him, that's where in, where he was in his career. It was just like, I just want to have fun. And Johnny was probably like, this is the biggest match of my career. Was a, at that point, that was the biggest match he ever had. It was in probably the life. biggest match at, still at, at this point right now. Well, we, 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 brought, it, we brought it back, and they, they did it again like after he uh, got fired for the tie thing. But, yeah, he was like... And then he goes out and he wrestles with like his ass out for like 25 straight Brian minutes. Did, right? Yeah, yeah, Brian yeah. did. And uh, fucking like the venue who's fucking like agreed to have us there are like the dude is like losing his mind because like there's children in the crowd and Brian Danielson is running around with his ass out. <laughs> and uh, so, like I'm getting screamed at. I'm like, fuck it, man. Like I'm going to be in a movie. Like I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, we like, already got paid. Yeah, yeah like we like and we're just like we're never coming back to this fucking place ever again. Like we only worked out this deal. To get in the wrestling road diaries, and uh, and it happened, and yeah, that was a fun part. I think a lot of people remember um, me uh, flirting with that girl from the from the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, I was like in a perfect world that wouldn't have been kept in, but Eric Santa Maria, who made the movie two hours and forty five minutes, uh, kind of against my discretion. Like, I was kind of like, can we make this an hour and a half? And he's like, no, wrestling fans like three hour stuff. You're gonna get it. You're gonna get a two hour. It's like an indie. Minutes. It's like an indie show DVD. Yeah, he wanted he, in his head. It was like a shoot interview, you know, but just like a giant. So I mean, it's so long, but I mean, I guess if you're a fan, like that's plus, even better. Plus the extras. Uh, I and now this is one thing that I'll never forget because, like I said, we didn't really know Brian Danielson at all. Never heard anything about him. Never, never heard anything. About or, him. Like, like I mean, not like how he was as a right. person, just like how he was like. Just like what you saw, how he was presented in like Ring of Honor, that's mm. all. That's all we really knew. And I remember you were just like, "Hey, man, I I got this good bit for the movie." You're like, "I want you to go up and tell Brian that you can't pay him." And I'm like, "Fucking pissing my pants." I'm just like, "This guy is gonna fucking kill me." And like, I couldn't fucking, I couldn't pull it off with a straight face because I was fucking scared that he was gonna fucking beat the shit out of me live on camera, and that was gonna be my eternal legacy you're in a fucking you, in a movie. You were going to get the shit beat out of you, and you had a red mohawk like Terry Taylor. Well, yeah, that's because I was pissed about that dude that got married, and I wanted to ruin his wedding because I couldn't be the road diaries. Was he upset about your mohawk? Well, so, yeah, I went to the rehearsal dinner looking normal, <laughs> and then at, like, at wedding day in the church, I had a pink mohawk and a handlebar Hulk Hogan mustache. Jesus Christ. I had to get my revenge somehow, man. Well, you lost the job. John Atkins uh, got it and then became the ukulele teacher on YouTube. And now he's probably doing way better with me. Probably ba- He probably just put... Film the wrestling road diaries one on his resume, and he's fucking in L.A. doing it right now. He's getting, he's making it happen. You poor thing. But he, yeah, uh, yeah. So that was uh, the first one. Um, well, before this, I we have a historic moment in the life of Colt Cabana and Absolute Intense Wrestling. Okay. Uh, you called Thorn one night, and you're like, "Hey, man, like, do you think like if I put up like an hour like audio thing for free every week? Like, yeah, do that you remember this? Thing? This is another. You would call me at like three o'clock in the morning with these fucking weird. You'd have a brainstorm I, and call Thorn because you knew I didn't have a job. <laughs> and you called me at like three o'clock in the morning. I'll never forget. And you're like, I didn't even know what a podcast was. I remember because you, because you're like, you get because we did your shoot interview and stuff. And you're like, can you guys figure out how to do this for me? And I was like, I don't even know what the fuck that is. Oh, man. I do kind of remember that. You're now. like, you're like, you think you guys could like, you guys could fucking get together and figure out how to fucking make a podcast? And I was like, dude, what is a podcast? I go, who the f-? like? I'm like, who the fuck is gonna listen to you talk to people for an hour? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And it all comes full circle. You give us everything. Man, was I, I fucking? I remember telling Jimmy Jacobs. Like, I remember being at like it was like Mike Ditka's restaurant. 
Somehow Ian Rotten got Mike Ditka's restaurant to wrestle there, or like Gail Sayers, one of the old Chicago Bears restaurant, and he was wrestling there. I remember like Jimmy Jacobs, Jimmy Jacobs and I were sitting there at the gimmick table, hating our lives because we were both broke and fucking pathetic. And I was like telling him the big plan, and he was just like, "I guess." I was yeah, like, no, like it's I didn't be great. see it. Like I was just like, because I mean, you knew about the podcast world, like, and through you know comedians and things like that. That was a world I knew nothing about. Like. Yeah, because me and him like talked about it between ourselves, and we're like, "What do you mean, like an hour a week? Nobody's gonna do that." Yeah, like it just seemed like such a like such like a hassle. And then know? like everybody has like three hundred podcasts a week now. Yeah, well, I mean, I you know, I, I appreciate you guys helping me out with that. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> yeah, we said uh, I don't know how to fucking do that. I think like, it was because you guys, I, you knew what you were doing. I saw you guys knew what you were doing editing with uh, with video. So I was like, I needed to learn how to edit, edit with audio. Yeah, because like I think like, you know, the story was like you got off of WWE, we booked you, and the thing was you were thinking about doing the shoot interview. Oh yeah, I think like maybe like RF or something had had contacted you, and you're like, yeah, you know, I'm getting all these shoot interview contacts. I was like, dude, like, why don't you just make it yourself and make all that money? And you're like, mm, all right. I think I said that to myself. No, I said. I don't it. know. I'm if taking you said credit. That I'm taking me. credit. You were gonna do that. You were gonna do the RF thing. Not it. I know. That was, that I was, know I wasn't. That was my, that or not one. maybe not RF, but maybe like a high spots one or something. Yeah, but I, I because I pitched that and I no. said I said why don't we do this for you for in exchange for some booking? That was the agreement. But yeah. I know right away I I wanted to. I'm taking credit. For I wanted to put out my <laughs> own take, shoot. So, so far <laughs> I'm taking credit so for far, everything. Uh, the Road Diaries thinks to AIW. The Art of Wrestling thinks to AIW. Uh, the Career After WWE thinks to AIW. I'm taking credit for you guys. It. I owe my whole life to you guys. I can't. I, that's that's how it goes. It's our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Do you know about podcast Colt? No. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, we're a podcast. We're a journal, an entryway into the lives, souls, the minds of professional wrestlers. This is so uncomfortable. This, this sounds familiar. Yeah. Wait till the end. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know what, Riggins, if you want to advertise on uh, AIW podcast, you can. Yes. Highspots.com, bongosocks.com, <laughs> Bomba Socks. <laughs> Dude, don't you watch Shark Tank, dude? Damon, John, dude. Pro Wrestling Tees powered by one one hour tees dot com. I said one wrestling dot com. I know. We don't want to give we don't want to give them any credit. But yeah. So anyway, before Big do you remember when on. you were a child and you traded tops cards? Well, no. now we got the tops trader. Uh, oh, app. poor tops doesn't advertise with dude, me. Now do you understand? Best. Now do you understand why him and Grado are fucking best friends? <laughs> Hulu Plus dot com they slash cold. They just vox each other this shit like dude, all day, like, all day. <laughs> Highspots.com and I gotta see Smart Mark video so Burns doesn't get mad. <laughs> it's, it's in the fucking uh, it's in the disclaimer or whatever. So you know, uh, yeah, he, he High Spots was the first one to hit me up. Uh, like after the first one, they're like, we want to advertise, and they got they're grandfathered into this wonderful rate because the rates are high these days over at the uh, Art of Wrestling. But I remember like Smart Mark being like, "Can we advertise too?" And I was just like, "Well, here's my ad rates." And he was like, "Oh my god!" Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's why he sponsors our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> our rates are much much lower, and like I, virtually it's, free. It's so weird because everybody in wrestling gets offended by it because everyone in wrestling is a cheap piece of shit. I mean, that's not a rip on Smart Mark, but like you know, just that's, that's how, just the wrestling way. That's the wrestling culture. Of I mean, course. that's I mean, that's how you just that, gotta like bring you down, bring you down, bring you down. That's how I mean, that's how we do everything. Like. You know, th these people like come to us with these ideas and these presentations and they come from like 
the world where you get paid for everything. Like these other like film crews will come and be like, oh, I could bring a boom mic and this and that, and, you know, set you up and be like, it's the price of like the our entire you know shoot. Or we could be like, no, well this guy will come and do. He'll commentate for free because of this right. and like you know it's like it's all about like the barter system and and like. But I'm the other way around because well, these right, you you flipped you yeah. you've like flipped the script because you've turned it into such a you know such a a business outside of just just the wrestling world. So when I mean like yeah like five four club.com and Hulu and Bombas they're These like are giant corporations that have money and advertising Colt, budget. Do you ever gamble cuz you could go to draftkings.com/colt. <laughs> oh, they gave me so much money. It was so great. <laughs> so great. Grado said fuck DraftKings on our show. Oh, well, I mean they don't advertise anymore so. Yeah, yeah. yeah fuck them. Man. They don't advertise on us either. But anyway, back to the fucking wrestling road diaries. We got Sorry, off on. We got off topic. Biggins takes takes you around. This is this is usually how the show goes. Is Biggins takes it way far out in the fucking left field on something. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, listen to every episode. So of your own of your own podcast. <laughs> no, of yours. Oh, well, and of our own. Yeah, I do listen to every. Now week. that I have to edit them, I finally have to start listening to them. I'm, I kind of hate it. But <laughs> I don't like my own voice. I don't know. I, so, it, did we finish the first one? Is there anything else left on that first one? I mean, as far as you know, just just the whole the whole setup of it all. Um, you know, we did it way like we did it an hour and a half outside of Cleveland, and we still were able to draw fans out there based on what it was because we were advertising this. You know, this is going to be a movie, and uh, you know, whatever it, is, I, it had to have been probably MySpace at the time, like you know. Almost comparing it. I know that we were comparing it to like this is going to be like the modern day beyond the mat. Mm. You know, everyone come out and, and be in this movie. I think that's another reason why we jump on being a part of these so much. So much is because the three of us are probably the world's biggest beyond the mat fans. Like, yeah. how quick did we say yes when you're like, we got Dennis Stamp? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's you know, that's kind of what was cool about it for me is like, I feel like. Beyond the Mat is probably like one of the greatest movies, period, of all time, not just wrestling related. So, there, and there hasn't been anything really like that since. So, when you're like, I want to make a wrestling documentary, I want to do, you know, I want to do a cool, different wrestling documentary focusing on independent wrestling, which independent wrestling is what I fucking love. Like, that's like my entire teenage existence through, you know, being in a fucking adult. So, when, when you take those two things, because Beyond the Mat was cool because it was kind of like, focusing on like the WWF and ECW. But when you kind of take when when you present this to me, it's just kind of like I'm envisioning beyond the mat, but like going to fucking like bingo halls and VFW. The only only other, like I was trying to think of independent stuff and you guys probably know, like I was looking back, uh, I think I said this on the torch talk was like that Louis throws. Do you know that one? Yeah. Kind of. So he goes and he looks at, uh, he looks at WCW uh, and the power plant, but then he also looks at this other really shitty, um, like wrestling school yeah north carolina where they're doing hardcore wrestling and the, <laughs> and the guys he works at like a midas and he's doing chin-ups at the like uh you know while the gas while, the, while they're doing an oil change and, talking about his big booking coming up yeah and, and he's getting hit with like a he's like someone's hitting him with like a a, a pan like to practice getting <laughs> i hit. think that's i think it's on youtube i think i might have watched this like yeah yeah, because i didn't know about ago. it and you like you know wised me up to it and i don't know what other ones that like had an inside to the independent world there besides m- like a upw one well you know i i take that back um uh true life mtv oh, yeah rory oh, fox special which everyone loved that and one. then there was oh, and tony atlas and, and the cellar phone and, and then there was Joey like Gamash. there was like the like maybe the 
learning channel or whatever, the Rick Bassman one. Because I remember... Well, there was a couple Rick Bassman Because I remember going back to the Gathering of the Juggalos thing that didn't get released is we were watching Tila Tequila get fucking destroyed by rocks, and it's like me, you, Chris Hero, Ariara Davari, Sean Davari, and Rick fucking Bassman. Yeah. And Rick Bassman goes, come on, guys, let's go fucking save her. And, like, he runs off into the crowd yeah. of Juggalos, and none of us followed him. <laughs> and, like, that, for all I know, he got fucking destroyed by people. But I was just like, that's fucking Rick Bassman from every fucking DVD and Suncoast video from my teenage years. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so... After that, I don't, I, there wasn't anything. So, like, yeah, that was one of my big goals is to have our generations be on the matter. Whatnot. And, like, the one thing with us is, like, you know, we get approached all the time for, like, projects. And we trusted you to, like, you know, not bury it. Like, oh, independent wrestling's bullshit. And plus, like, or- we trusted you that you would actually get it done, especially at the at where we were at in AIW, maybe, I don't know, four years in, five years in, I'm not sure. But, like, people would always come and they'd be like, I got this fucking idea. But it was like... Always, like, an idea to, like, get them involved in wrestling on the creative team or something. You know, like, I got this camera, man. I'm going to make this documentary. And then it's just like, where's your camera? It's like, oh, man, I'm just here to hang out. But, like, we knew, like, you were going to, like... Like, make it a legit It's going to be, like, you know, a legit project that was going to get done. And then I remember just waiting for... Were you scared? I was going to say, were you scared when it didn't come out for a year and a half? I mean, I was... I knew that it would come out, but I was, like... I was anxious for it to come out, you know what I mean? Because it was just like, like it was. I was. I had no fear, whatever. I just wanted to see the finished product because, like, I knew that like there was some good stuff from when you did AIW, but like, you know, the the fan of me or whatever. I wanted to see the whole fucking experience, you know. Especially like this, you know, knowing the story that you know Brian went, and then you know, I I think he might have gotten fired by the time it came yeah, out, or like. Yeah, he, I think he, by the time that came out, I think he had been fired. Yeah, so like I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to see it, and I remember when it finally came out. I think was at a King of Trios weekend, or close to a King of Trios weekend. It was one of the first weekends, and I remember like I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like this dude probably just sold a fucking thousand copies of this fucking. Yeah, uh, yeah, dude. They went, they were flying off the sh- like just at the live shows, and that was like. You know, when I was at the merch table, nobody else was really at the merch table. Now it's kind of a and whole like, different ball I, game. Like, I'll I'll stick by like even you know in today's day and age, like a lot of people are saying like DVDs are going out or whatever. I think like people still love physical media and they love I, having something to hold. Yeah, so that's a hard decision too of like whether I should have like done just digital or whatever. But I think these are kind of collectors' items. Well, like, yeah, I think oh, I, for sure. I think people love getting things in the them. mail, and like, I think people love going to a show and coming home. And being like, I got this at the show tonight. Mm. Like, you're not going to be able to sell a flash drive to some kid, you know? Well, that was another option I had was a, was like a car. My, my buddy Brendan Burns sells these like card flash drives that are pretty cool. And I was thinking, oh, maybe that's the future of like. I, I, I mean, I think maybe, but I don't think we're there yet. You, you know? know, there's going to be some device that's like, right, that, that looks like. Because the idea of like, hey, here's this DVD case for twenty dollars, and it's a big thing, and then like just selling a little thing and being like, this is twenty bucks, I'd be like, that's not twenty bucks. Yeah, like that's you know that's kind of like the, uh, you know, you got to figure out, you got to figure that out. Like you know, can you really charge twenty bucks for that? Like I feel like when when we get to that point, like the cost and things are gonna go way down. But- yeah. Because I mean, look at the effect like the network and stuff has already had on you know just business in general. Like, it's floated down to the independents, I think. And, I mean, we could go off topic for four hours about the business of pro wrestling. but Well, I, won't, I, I haven't gotten a call from Flo Slam for my DVDs. Neither have we, and they <laughs> mentioned us in every interview. Man, they keep dropping our name, man. I'm trying to get a seven-figure deal. I want to change my life. 
Yeah, I need a life change. I need a life changing deal. I want to retire. That was what you that- are fucking retired. Oh, yeah. You're a professional eBayer right now. Hey man, Chris Hero wants to buy a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Wait till I fucking start fleecing this apartment. Oh, hey, stop it. Oh, I do have some stuff for you actually. Oh yeah, see. <laughs> I said I when said. We're driving up leave- here. I bet you. I go. I bet you you're gonna leave with every fucking book he's ever got in the mail. Oh yeah, I did, you could probably. Yeah, you can take these old DVDs. Actually, I don't want them anymore. Oh, I'll take them all. My house looks like like my house is just ridiculous. It's just covered in wrestling merchandise, all with price tags on them. Yeah, this is like this is what he's this is what he's turned into. He just does eBay now. eBay and AIW. Well, you know, we're in Chicago. We're in Chicago for Shimmer Weekend, and Weird Body uh, looked through my bags in the hotel room, and it's just loaded with. I got Tori Wilson halter top training cards. Uh, oh, you know your audience. <laughs> I got I got a little bit of everything. I got Japanese magazines. I I'm a hustler. But I think uh, to get it back on the fucking tracks, uh, the it's a personal journal in my eBay world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I I think once it came out, that was you know, a, I think everybody can agree that's probably one of the best wrestling documentaries that's uh, ever been put together. And I'm kind of shocked that it didn't you know. Like, I know, like, you signed that deal that didn't go anywhere or whatever, you know? Yeah, with Jamie Kennedy. I signed a deal with Jamie Kennedy to, uh, I think, I think basically he would be the production house or whatever, and he would get it on Netflix and that kind of stuff, and he was going to re-edit it, and he just really, he really flaked and was really sad, um, and, you know, that was all through Stu, Stu Stone, my right. buddy. Stu Stone had a TV show with Jamie Kennedy on MTV, and that was his friend, and, um, yeah, just nothing ever came of it, and uh, I think it was his loss, but right... It's it's weird because it's never it's it hasn't been on it's HBO. never hit that like mainstream it hasn't been on anything. But, but I think that you know that's kind of like goes back to like probably like the the romantic thing that is independent wrestling that's what I'm and saying. that that's is the you cool thing is like I know it's hugely successful, but it's still kind of in that underground very much so you know like category. So I guess it's, it's almost like back in the day when you would have like a VHS tape and you would be like, oh my god, did you see this documentary? Like he kind of like goes around like literally like the only place you can get it is on my personal website, and that's the same thing with these movies. Like you can the only I mean yeah there's floating out there, but like that's where you buy it is just my personal website, not Amazon, not Walmart. Well, not technically, Blockbuster. Colt merch was my personal website until Ooh, about a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> Big reveal. Going uh, back to how we helped Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana, uh, we right. helped you launch uh, launch coltmerch.com and it was my personal website until a month ago <laughs> i had to take it back. you gotta get that road diaries three stuff ready i to had go. to get it all getting ready and how long it took you about six months to get biggins to turn it over because he kept forgetting to log on well you keep on forgetting to to send me my no we did it you did yeah i, he did. I sent you your mp4 he sent it in the in the secret group oh, talking I, shit part two. Oh, i don't know if i got that I, oh, you got to drive. I'll send it again. You got to okay. scroll way up. Yeah, I might have to. I said, "Hey, Cabana, here's your MP4s." You go, "Thanks." I think I was on the road though. So Actually, you said, "Thanks." Thanks. <laughs> uh, so the second one helped yeah. you move this along. Yeah, yeah thank you. See, you, <laughs> this, this is, podcast. like this is how you got to you got to you got to reel them back in. Uh, uh, now been, imagine me and a drunk Grado and him trying to reel it in. Um, was me. Yeah, so how many w- years after was it? I think it was 2013. So the first one was 2009. So maybe four years. Okay, right? Wow, fuck, four or five years. I think because it came out in 2014. See, like in my head, it's like back to back. You know mm, what I mean? No way. Uh, because I had to, I had to, once it came out for sale, I had to milk it for a while, and then once I realized, all right, sales are going down. It's time to make a new one. I need a new one. <laughs> uh, yeah, we made the the second one, which was myself, Luke Gallows, and Cliff Compton. And Cliff was, I think, at the you know. 
because so 2014 like i don't think when did austin's podcast start 2014 maybe yeah not that maybe 14 so yeah, like 14. mine was legitimately the only one and cliff compton had all of a sudden become like the star based off of the story Dude, i remember like i could honestly i could have gave a fuck about whoever cliff compton was until i hear this fucking story because like you know, you just look at, like, you're watching WWE programming, and it's just, that's just another guy. You know what I mean? You don't know anything about him. Like, He's unless a you want greaser. Yeah, unless you want to book, like, WWE former superstar Domino, like. Or which, the imposter Domino. Which, which is, like, not what we were trying to do at the time. You know what I mean? So, like, Cliff Compton was not even on our fucking radar. Right? I don't then, think anybody knew his personality except for, like, the people and, like you that knew him. Yeah, like, except for, you know, guys that, you know. Same with Gallows. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Like, and when Cliff does that fucking podcast, the the Nigerian podcast, I'm just like, holy shit, this is the fucking best dude ever. Like, I want to hang out with this dude. Now available at howl.fm, free month with Colt. <laughs> Thank you. Slash Colt. Slash Colt. Is the page. Uh, code, yeah, the code is Colt. But yeah, we had done one before, and he had, and like, I think he was like, all right, because, well, I was going to say, he's obviously number 18, episode 18. And, and 59, by the way. <laughs> well, I was going to say because, so, you know, he kind of started to blow up on 59 because 18, like, you know, I was only 18 episodes deep and it. You know, I understood what the podcast would be, but I don't think. I think I, he was just like kind of like being nervous. Like, I don't know if he was nervous. No, but he I was don't think a lot like, of people were listening yet. Uh, I don't like, know. I mean, you would know that. You would know yeah. that better totally, than anybody. Totally but. kind of related, but kind of off topic. What was the week where you're like, holy shit, this is like a phenomenon? Well, I didn't know my numbers for a while because I had some I had cable guy Jeff doing my numbers. So I really didn't even know. I was just putting it out. Um, but I mean, I think it was when I started going to shows and people started lining up and buying merch and telling me they love my podcast. I mean, so that was see, we, I'd, like to bring this full circle. I knew that it was way big at that Wrestling Road Diaries 2 taping because that was like we were drawing like fucking shit like <laughs> at the time and that's our first show that we did in turner's hall that's yeah, right we didn't even have a venue when you i think we booked you. yeah yeah same thing as like we were trying to find a venue again because we had lost uh wherever we were doing shows that i can't even remember right now a little church period. and uh we i had to go in and i had to do this fucking presentation with the turner's hall board. they had banned wrestling for five years and i remember we locked it down and we were like okay you know I think it was like March 18th. March 18th is the date. You know, we already had everything booked. That was the first show back to Turner's Hall? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, so we didn't know what the fuck was going to happen because, like, you know, like Cleveland goes so far up and down with, like, the draws and, uh, you know, how many promotions are running or in business or whatever. So we were like, fuck, man, like, we're going to figure this out. We were going to figure out this money, you know, whatever. Like, we're back. We got wrestling back in Turner's Hall. And then I remember, like, they fucking ran out of chairs, <laughs> and they were going upstairs through the abandoned rooms, and they were bringing down like lawn chairs and fucking plastic chairs, and like oh, they went out like to the front like uh, area where they had like a picnic area and bringing in plastic picnic chairs. Yeah, like, and I was like, oh, "Fuck, man, I think that podcast is really fucking hitting now." Right, yeah, and I, that's what happened was just I saw people coming to the shows, and like, and I I saw it was working and buying T-shirts, and so. Uh, it just like there's all of a sudden this more organic, like I was finding more organic love towards me than I had ever seen before, and I that was something early on in Independence that like you know like I was for some reason I was a guy that people kind of gravitated to on the Independence fans wise, um, but at that point like 2013 or whatever you know when I'd been going for a while 
it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. And it was cool, man. It was real cool. And it was like, and I say this to other people, like in WWE, like you really don't like, I don't know. Like it's just like these are fake. These are just fans of a product who like you know they right. They and like, to, like you don't get that like have that moment. You know what I mean? Like even like at a WWE like autograph signing, it's just like it's like a fat. You know, it's like a conveyor belt. You know right. what I mean? Sign autographs. See you later. Sign on like independent wrestling is like such an intimate experience. I think that's what I have always loved about independent wrestling is like you know you're right there. You know, like I'll never forget fucking being 13 years old and the fucking bu- one of the bushwhackers licked my fucking head, and I was yeah. like, man, this is fucking sweet. Let me tugboat do the choo choo. Yeah, dude. And now fucking, you've got hepatitis. Yeah, probably do, but. <laughs> Fuck man, I got a fucking ape. I got a Polaroid picture with the pit bulls that day too. Promoted oh, my Polaroid camera's right up there in, in the closet or in the uh, in the. I'm telling the you, cabinet. man, this place is a Let museum. Me toss that dude. on eBay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I knew I, I knew that right. I knew at that show, like, fuck yeah, like this podcast is hitting, and it was kind of like a double thing because we had this new venue that you know was an old wrestling venue, Turner's Hall, and we're like, this is fucking like the perfect storm. Well, I would let, even let say I would even say we started to think about the podcast. Uh, that was in February. Well, in December we had Colt booked uh, with the Chilean Championship, or oh, yeah. and like we were doing okay in this little church, and it was packed. And we're like, "Why are you here? We're here for Cabana. We're here for Cabana Art getting, Wrestling." Yeah, and you're getting fucking gifts and shit. That was the Thanksgiving show, right? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, Christmas. Oh, Christmas, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the main event was the Potato versus Johnny Gargano. Because you taped the uh, you taped Dolph Ziggler there, right? I remember podcasting with Ziggler, and then I had lost it in my at that time. I was like recording on this iPod that was hooked up through a thing with microphones, and the and and full circle. It was lost on the iPod forever, I thought. And then I took it to Kevin Harvey, who's a Mac master, works at the Apple Store, who's helped putting on this Rise show, and he f- somehow found it. Now, you wanted, you wanted to talk about if I was nervous about the fucking Road Dryers Run coming out. I wasn't nervous. I was nervous about that Ziggler fucking interview coming out because I was hoping that there was going to be a couple plug skis in there because I knew that one was going to fucking get some good downloads. Mm, was there not? There was some. Yeah, okay. there were some plugs in there. I think our best plug of all time was The Miz saying he wanted to wrestle you in AIW, and then we met him, and we said... Not a fucking clue what AIW is. Yeah. <laughs> we go, hey, man, we're AIW, where you want to wrestle you Cabana. Ch- what? Yeah, oh. yeah, I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, Parma's very young. He had no see, fucking do we idea. We see jo- Mr. Hero George a lot more than the Michael. But, uh, yeah, fucking... So, I guess in December, we we realized it, but then, like, in March... February was, like, the exclamation I think February, March, whatever it was. I think it was March. Yeah, maybe. And, uh... That like that place is fucking packed and it's just like I, I think, you know, that's kind of like Cliff is a guy like we felt that was like almost like your like development. Like you were running like almost like your own developmental system right. through your podcast. They both just, were, I felt. And, yeah. And oh, it's just yeah, like yeah. it's just like here or like here's the fucking like that's why like even, you know, now like in when we would try to book you, we would always try to, you know, add Cliff or something because it's kind of like cabana and his like crew you know what i mean like it's kind of like you guys are like it's like like the art of wrestling guys well that's what like i i like to me it was a platform not only for myself but to help my friends get over right and so like i felt like that's what number two was about was like i felt like these were guys i helped get over and, and let the world know about gallows and cliff the only problem though not the only problem the difference is is that cliff uh is that gallows is a is a born hustler and you guys know that yeah you saw that. So, like, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Cliff kind of just, you know, whatever comes, comes. So, like, you know, I, I felt like I helped him out, and, like, all of a sudden he had this new thing, so he's like, oh, yeah, I'll do this, I'll do that. Whereas, 
Gallows just needed just a little a little he, push, he and then needed, he he was off to the races. He's off to the races. I think our show is one of the first places Sex Ferguson was like in public, right? Yeah, and I don't even know if he was referring to himself as Sex Ferguson, but like, like the character itself. I think he was. Yeah, and like I like I just know he was just like I'm the good brother. I'm the good mm-hmm. brother. And like, and Ken Tuccio made him those T-shirts, those Good Brother T-shirts, yeah, yeah. which I thought were going to take off. But like, he, Luke never saw money in the online hustle. That's a thing. Like, he never. He's like a kind of like he's a like a gimmick guy. table. Yep, Rock yep. and Roll Express. Get him at the, at the tables. Shows. And I was just like, man, I think you put these shirts online and you push them hard. But like, he never he saw no value in like Twitter or 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 YouTube or anything. Uh, just totally at the shows, Ricky Morton style. <laughs> I mean, that's probably you know that's probably what he grew up loving or whatever, but. My favorite memory from that day is so whatever you guys are doing is is happening. Like I think like you were gonna get beat up by some heels and Cliff was gonna save you. You guys were gonna do a tag and I'm like backstage at Gorilla and Traxler's got his fucking shitty sound system, you know, the worst. at the time. The fucking and like, worst. Cliff is like super pumped to be at AIW for some reason and he's just like he is losing his mind backstage. He's like yelling at tracks that are getting himself sick up he's like pump the fucking jungle pump the fucking jungle pump the fucking jungle motherfucker and then like he's getting himself up and then it's like time to fucking die and he's then he into it. then he like runs out the curtain i was like holy shit dude like I, that was the best thing i ever fucking saw and it's not it's not in the movie but i fucking it's in the movie of my fucking brain it's the fucking, <laughs> like that is my fucking favorite fucking memory like probably almost of all time and all promoting wrestling because he was getting himself so amped up to get like probably just to fucking for this movie and- yeah because we had never met the guy and he's just tweeting us like the whole week before can't wait to come to aiw i've heard so much about you yeah then he fucking then the like before you got in the movie, I just rewatched it this week and he's just doing that delirious rant about how he's going to make Cleveland. Even if nobody else makes Cleveland, he's <laughs> really excited for Cleveland. He's uh, a character that Cliff. but fucking he, he, uh, he, he just sent us a, he just sent us a message the other day that he wants to be AIW's GM. Cause he just wants to start coming around shows again. He says, yeah, you think guys think you make me a commissioner or something after he did commentary at the jail, it almost got a shut down. Cause he was talking about labias and stuff. on commentary. <laughs> that's, that's, I blame, you for putting him on the mic you know in the third one we do commentary for that tracy smothers and grado match and i like to think i I kept i tried to keep him in check yeah he seems a little he seems like it's 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 kind of like you're kind of like cliff compton's dad i think like (laughs) like 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 he's well behaved when colt's around but like if if colt's over the gimmick table and he's out of your fucking line of sight man he's gonna be saying that girl's doing a move with her labia Funny thing about, you know, you were saying about, like, the Road Diaries crew or the Art of Wrestling crew. Somehow you've adopted, anytime you're in Cleveland, Tracy Smothers is there. Well, it, but who's my first adoption was uh, Southside South Sinclair. Sinclair. Sinclair, Baby Dick. Who uh, was in the first, was he in the second one? Yeah, he's my yeah, manager. Yeah, yeah, Baby Dick, Baby Dick, <laughs> Baby. I'm, like, oiling up with Pierre Abernathy in the basement of Turner's Hall. And he's nowhere to be found these he's, days. He quit wrestling. He's a stand-up a comedian. Stand-up. No, but Stop he quit it. that now. He quit to be a stand-up comedian, and now he just does nothing and tracks her, runs Mega Championship Wrestling, and I'll see him just every time at the pizza stand. And, like, I don't see him any other time. He's just standing around the concession yeah, he'll, stand. He'll just, he'll just make random appearances. Uh, my favorite baby dick star of uh, Wrestling Road Diaries 2 story is one time someone was really hurt at an AIW show, like, bleeding. And he goes, oh, get out of the way. I work at a hospital. 
and uh, like everyone's like moving, thinking he's a doctor, and they're like, "What's no, wrong no." And I knew what the truth was, so I go, "Shut the fuck up, man! You're a janitor." <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, "That he's just like a weird, strange." Obviously, guy. that's why I adopted. Him. Oh yeah, like as you, you, I think you like gravitate towards the fucking weirdos. I love him, man. That was like my show, you know. Uh, when I got that Rolling Stones article, like a bunch of production companies hit me up and they wanted to talk about like uh, wrestling show ideas. That was like, or TV show ideas, and that was one I pitched. I was like, I just want to go, and you, well, you guys know because I Romp yeah. Stop and Ronnie Romp was yeah, my number one. He, Who made his last appearance? Uh, after years, he disappeared for years. Showed up at the whole shebang. He's not doing too well. He was in the first one though. He was in the yeah, first one. He's a monkey. He's got that monkey. He's got that monkey. Yeah, the, he is one. Like literally, I think that was like when I realized I love the weirdos that come to um, independent wrestling. The weirdest weirdo is somebody who you tape for Road Dyers one, and it never aired. It was the guy that pulled down. His pants, and he had oh, ta- yeah. he had tattooed a vagina around his asshole. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one didn't make the bonus disc, huh? Oh. Yeah, that footage somewhere. I don't, Eric San Maria's got it somewhere. I don't have it, but yeah, I do remember that. That who yeah, was that, that guy? The, some, some some guy, just some know. fucking guy. He goes, hey man, you want to see something cool for your movie? <laughs> he had a vagina oh, tattooed God, on his asshole. He did. That's the weirdest thing ever. Oh, I wish that footage is somewhere. That's gotta, great. I don't think you could put that on YouTube. I, but I, I remember being all about it, being like, yeah. And then just being like, this is, yeah, of yeah, course. Over the is, line. <laughs> no, I was like, this is what happens at, at these shows. Like, only in these shows is this something that happens. Only in independent wrestling does a man show you his asshole and it's tattooed as a vagina. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, so fucking just tons of fucking weirdos like Southside Sinclair, Romp and Stomp and Ronnie Romp, the loudest mouth the side of the Mason Dixon line. Yeah, he was a manager until he got sick. Yeah. Once he told me he managed me, but I had never met him before 2009. <laughs> yeah, Colt, he would have. Colt, Colt, remember when I managed I, you? Colt, I remember when you came down to the armory 15 years ago and you wrestled that Ace Steel guy and you fucking. It are... wasn't even. He would like tell me about like Lou Marconi or like. <laughs> <laughs> it was Stew. just like names before my time, he would say. That's my so trainer, weird. man. Beef Stew Lou. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm like Lou, but I'm just saying, like, I it's just like I never did shows with Lou Marconi or even like guys before him. Like, so it was just like handsome Frank Stiletto. Yeah, it was like stuff like that, and I was just like, I don't know these guys. Um, so yeah. Uh, anything else from the second one? Um, I'm sure. I think I think it was just pretty much like you know, I, it was cool having those guys around and Cliff, you know, stayed around. We never got Gallows Cliff, again. Yeah, Cliff fucking, uh, Cl- I remember Cliff worked his fucking ass off. You guys did, like, a six-man tag or something, and Cliff was just fucking in there the whole fucking time going nuts, doing fucking Jimmy Superfly well, splashes and shit. because Gallows couldn't wrestle and he was hurt, and, and I remember just being, like, how, like as a, as a quote-unquote director or whatever I was, producer, I was like, fuck, man, just, like, I Get need... Get out there and do something. I need you, I, I need you to just drive to these towns. And, like, we, when, I, when he went to the hospital, I was like, everything's gonna be fucked, and, like... And I remember him feeling bad for me, like being like knowing that he's gonna like fuck up like this whole filming because we had shows to go do and we had a podcast to do. The legitimately the 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 reason why it went wrong was he just didn't elevate it, so he was just walking <laughs> around like had he just elevated the <laughs> thing. Oh, oh, that looked awful. Yeah, because he there's no the, the there's no blood like he just needed to elevate it and once he did it all went away. But oh my like God. like uh I I do like think that's such a great story though throughout the movie is like the you know. Like the the drama of him trying to continue to make his name, and then like he's like fucked with his dumb injury. Uh, I will say Biggins and I like the whole time. You know he he's there. He's just talking about he's gonna go back to the show, and we're like, yeah, okay, man. Two guys, well, I mean, we'll, we'll re- reveal it now. 
But two guys swore to me and Thorne at different times in AIW. I'm going back to WWE, and we just kept okay, whatever, man. Yeah, like like try, two we, men, two you know, men, Festus, Luke Gallows, and Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins swore I'm going back to WWE. Man. I don't know 100. I'm going back. He would say that all the time. I'm I've like, never talked to them since I left, but I know one day they're going to bring me he back. Goes, I, I go, do you think you think you're ever going to go back? He goes, I 100 know I'm going yeah, back. Yeah, I did too. I didn't. I, I, you know. You just don't think like he was such. It's just the way that place works. That something weird will happen, and fucking Rich Swan just shows up on television. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Sometimes Vince just wants a guy to talk out of his butt. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so he left on such good terms. He was such a good company man that I knew that something would just pop up and he'd be back. I just remember yeah, like I think he fits there a lot more than the independents, especially yeah. for like the fans. Yeah, he's like I. I think he's like a custom-made TV guy, but I just didn't. I did not think that he was gonna he was gonna go back, or if he was gonna go back, it was gonna be so soon. Mm. And like the whole time Gallows is there for Wrestling Road Diaries too, he's just he's adamant that he he knows a hundred percent he's going back. And I was just like, eh, I don't know, man. We'll see. Well, he's there. Because at the you know at that time it was just like you got fired and then you just van you know you just faded away into oblivion mm-hmm. so it was just like it's kind of like a hard thing to be like yeah you're for you know for sure you're going back yeah but I think you know as these guys grow and they 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 just you need to give them years so they kind of mature and become different people I honestly like I you know I attribute you tapping into his fucking personality you know through your podcast or whatever and exp- maybe making him comfortable or whatever to expose himself like. And show personality because I think that's you know that's kind of what made him you know excel in Japan and then he starts doing all the fucking viral shit online and on you know I think all that kind of like just brought him to the fucking like forefront of like hey like look at this guy you know what I mean well I'll I'll take it I'll take it we'll give you credit for one thing all your other (laughs) stuff there you go. Um, and then the third one just came out. I've been shipping it. It's on digital. You can get it digital. Colt.com. Coltmerch.com. So uh, I sent you guys a copy. You guys both saw it. Uh, you said I hope you liked it. I think. Oh, I lo- love I think it. I like. I Sanjay honestly, said he. This was his favorite. I one. think it's the best one of the series. Honestly, like I didn't. You know, uh, again, I didn't know how it was gonna go. You know, with the you know Kikutaro who can barely speak English. And Grado, who can speak English, but you can't understand him. Who, who can barely speak English? <laughs> so, so like, uh, you know, I'm like, you know, I, I don't know how this one's gonna go because I, I love the first one so much. Like, to it's kind of like you know, um, any movie that you love, it's just like nothing, no sequel is ever gonna top that. You know, so kind of in my head, I'm just like, this is gonna be cool. I love being in it. But, like, I don't think this is going to be as good as the first one. But it's all about the magic, man. Jack Edinger is a magic man. Like, it's the way the, he knows how to put stuff I, together. I was, I watched it, I honestly, I watched it twice back to back, and I was just like, this is, like, I can't believe how good it is. And I can't believe how, like, like it ends, and I'm just like, holy shit, I want so, like, I want so much more. But, like, it flows so good. Like, it goes by well, so like, fast. I would almost say, you know, not to sound sappy, but it's beautiful. Like, that opening, just, like, independent wrestling, like, this is what Thorne and I have done our entire lives. Like, we've never been anywhere else other than independent wrestling. And, like, I almost teared up a little bit at the beginning of that movie because, like, it's a music, you know, it's sappy music, and it's, this is independent wrestling. There yeah. was, uh, there was, like, a trailer for the second one, if you remember, and there was, like, this guy... 
mopping a floor in a, like a, a mask. mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like for me, that like it's the same way that you look at it. And there's that music yeah, like behind the tractor it. and the yeah. hot dogs. And but but that mainly that guy mopping yeah. up in the lucha mask is text like, and text on his fucking on his lawnmower or whatever. Text. You think? Yeah, old, old text McKen- or uh, yeah, old, uh, text McKenzie somebody else. But yeah, but I understand like what you're saying. Like when you when something's like put with beautiful music, it's just like ah, like like the first one is like what I loved about independent wrestling as a fan, like these fucking guys that are like the top independent dudes fucking going around. But now like as a promoter or whatever, like the third one, I'm just like, this is the fucking true experience. You know what I mean? Like, this is what it's like. Like you're, you're driving around, you're going to these small little buildings. Like people are boiling hot dogs. Like monsoon classic. Yeah. Like, like I, I like I no bullshit. I love when you're th- during the AIW portion, and like there's just a clip of fucking Monsoon Classic boiling hot dogs, and I'm just like, this is like that is fucking independent wrestling. Like I feel like that's something in 2016 that's becoming kind of like a lost art because everyone wants to go out and buy all these lights and make this mini WWE production, and it's just like you're never gonna fucking be yeah. that. You're not gonna out WWE. Well, I've been saying WWE. a lot of stuff is just like yeah, like the more money, everyone's like. Some of these like lights don't sell tickets, man. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Some of these places are like, some of these these interviews that I've been doing are just like now that money's coming in and WWE's investing and blah blah blah. Like it must be really bringing it up. And I was just like, yeah, like some of them are, but also, you know, like some of the groups are smart that are just keeping it. Like I was like Reseda, like Super Dragon just wants 400 people in that little crappy place with cheap beer and like that's punk, that's independent that's wrestling, punk rock. man. That's like what that I said. is independent wrestling. Well, like to me. I'll, I'll give an example. This year I went to a show. Cause I go to like I I would say almost every weekend with the students or some just by myself I go and set up merch or whatever you know I go almost every weekend somewhere and there was a show and you would think it was WWE it ran like a it ran like a basketball court it had lights like a Titantron all this music all these speakers and it drew fifty people in this like twelve hundred seat arena oh god and like you know what I mean like. They forgot the in ring and the t- you know in ring sells like, tickets like and they not even the in ring. That's just the grassroots about it all. You know what I mean? Like there's just something so special about independent wrestling. So and people forget like you know lights don't sell tickets. The music system doesn't sell tickets. Like oh we know that with trans. <laughs> <laughs> you ever get that trans money? Never, never. But no. like so in part three, I feel like that it really kind of captures it because like. There are no ring of honors in part three or anything like that, you know. Like, like a guy delivers a pizza to you while you're sitting in the crowd. Isn't like, that great? The greatest thing ever. Isn't that great? And yeah. like, I you, told him we got to figure out that system. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, uh, you know, you deal with the heckler, and you know, and and that's you know that's a true thing. You know what I mean? You're gonna you're gonna encounter that anywhere. You know, like some of these bigger independents or whatever. You know, people are are the fans are too respectful, or you know what <laughs> I mean? Like. Like, that is true independent wrestling. Yeah. Some fucking dude that just wants to be a dick. Well, I love that Jack kept that in. And it's it was hard for me to, like, hard for my ego to for him. To, like, I knew he had to keep it in. And I was, like, as it was happening, I was like, no, fuck, this is but, ruining like, it. I, but, no, I think that, like, showed your vulnerability. Oh, you uh, let me say that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was saying. Stepping on his line. No, but that's, I thought it was important that it did, that it wasn't just the, the like, as it was happening, I was like, you're ruining this, but then like I realized how important it was that to keep that in to show like not only show the the like the the match that Kiko and I had at ARW was one of the best matches probably I, maybe I've ever had. It was just so great, and like that's like a, it's almost like a best of, but this isn't a best of. It's a documentary. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted like 
the idea that like then there's also the then the worst of which was these two hecklers ruining my match basically and i thought that was very important and, that it showed both sides of and it. like i think it kind of like humanized you you know what i mean and because it is your pro it is your project you know what i mean you could very well you know you're the producer you're the it, you're the the fucking 100 the man you know you could have easily cut that and it could have still been a great documentary but i think that that specific part showed like such like just a human aspect to you you know what i mean as you know well, we're performers well and people you know people know you you're more approachable through the podcast things like that but like even still people don't get to see that part you know what i mean like you're not gonna be able to live that part you talk about ah, like, this guy was an asshole to me at the show you know pro, pro wrestlers you can't see that are so like image conscious like i think most people have like you were taking wrestler ABC from a random indie and you go, we're making a documentary about three shows you're doing this weekend. Like, I think they would cut that out and be like, Oh, this is just to make me look good. Mm. Yeah. So the, you, but like you're like, that was a big part of it that you guys took. Oh, away from like that. I like to, to me, like that's one of the most memorable parts, you know, like, because it's, it shows that, you know, you, you are a human, you have to deal with these things. You have to kind of think on the fly and you can get flustered and that could, you know, that could throw your whole fucking day off. You know, you're only wrestling for 10 minutes or whatever, but that's going to, that, like, me watching that knew that that fucking bothered you for way longer than 10 minutes. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you could tell, like, when you're walking around in the parking lot and, you know, you're like, fuck, you know, I swore so much. Like, I feel like, not like, it that, I think that showed, you know, fans or people that don't know about, you know, performing or being wrestlers or whatever that, like, you know, after you leave the ring and you're out of the spotlight, shit still affects you. Right, we're not just driving home and like it's yeah, all like you're like ah, fuck you, I got paid. You right, know, like yeah. like that that is eating you up. Well, maybe that'll be a nice little like not wake up call, but like maybe fans will see. But you were like you 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 just said that you didn't like that the fans were too respectful now some days. So. Well, well, no, no, no. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like that's the that's the true experience that right. you as a performer get because you're gonna. You know, you're going to do these shows and you're going to get these respectful fans. But the reality of it is, is you're going to go do fucking bumfuck show in, you know, wherever, St. Indiana Lewis, or, yeah. or Wisconsin. And, you know, there's going to be some dudes that don't know anything about Colt Cabana or independent wrestling. And they just want to be like, fuck you, man. You know, like, and you got to figure out how to deal or deal with that. Yeah, well, I, th I think maybe hopefully that will be a thing that pe people can take away from this last one is, is, you know, and that's always the point is like, I want the fans to see see everything kind of behind the scenes how like instead of just in the ring and yeah maybe this is a new uh a new thing a new aspect they can like, take from it. you know like he was saying about you leave and you still feel it like i think we're the same way with like running a show like the fans see one thing but in our heads we're like man i wish that would have been better and like the fans might accept it but like we're thinking shit like, yeah it like, could have been like way better yeah or, like, like as promoters like we'll beat ourselves up over you know over things that don't go you know that don't go right or, you know, don't go, you know, or go right but could be better and uh, or things that are just totally out of your control, you know what I mean? And people will be like, oh, they're fucking asshole promoters, man. They're rolling in all this fucking money, you know? And it's just like the reality of it is, is like, no, like, you know, there there is so much, like, uh, that affects you emotionally, you know, being involved well, and, in wrestling. And me and him, uh, Thorne and I talk all the time about you know you look at reddit you look at message boards you look at emails and especially tweets and there'll be a hundred people going colt cabana is the greatest wrestler ever and then there's that one fucking guy that was like he's a dick 
And you, you, remember, you remember the fucking yeah. negative shit more than the positive shit. Yeah, of course. Like it's all hard the, to ride the happy train, man. Yeah. The, <laughs> stealing another fucking bit That's of yours, his man. new thing. I have the happy bus. He has the happy train. But, uh, you know, uh, and on top of that, you know, I love that because, uh, like, so we did the first two, you know what I mean? And, like, it's still, you know, even in two, like, we're still, like, growing as promoters in a promotion and, like, things are still not where we want them to be. And finally, by this third one, I felt like we were, like, okay, we want to put our best foot forward for this movie. Like, you know, we didn't, like, it, it wasn't about getting, like, uh, some local guy, like a rub or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you're going to wrestle Cabana in this movie or whatever. Like, now we're just like, okay, this is the third one. Like, let's put our f- best foot forward. It's just like, let's book Cabana and Kikutaro, you know what I mean? Cause I, oh, and we know who booked Gredo versus Smothers. Oh. That's all me. <laughs> yeah, but... but we thought, okay, what could be the biggest fucking weirdest spectacle that could be in this movie? And it's going to be Grado versus Tracy Smothers. Like, there's nothing. Like, I was confident that nobody else, no matter what promotions were involved, was going to book something weirder than that. And it was fucking yeah, and weird. Like, and, like, a couple fans did complain. They're like, why aren't you booking them in three matches against, like, some of your guys to get in the movie? But, like, we were more thinking, like, what would be a more what's gonna well-rounded, ma- like... What's going to make the movie better? Like, what's... You know, it, it, so basically, we're a hundred percent responsible for how good Road Diaries. <laughs> but like, it was kind of like you know, the, like the first one. You know, like you got the Danielson and Gargano match, which could you know could have gone either way, I guess. You know what I mean? And like, you know, you you wrestled Jimmy DeMarco, who you know faded away. You know, and then like uh, the the second one, you know, you guys wrestle uh, like Chess Flexer and Bobby Beverly, who kind of fade out of AIW. So like now it's just like let's stop worrying about. Getting a guy, getting over. like some guy in there and trying to do a favor for like one of our friends or someone we're trying to help out. It's just like let's figure out like what's going to be best to, for the movie because if it's something good for the movie, it's going to be, you know, it's going to we'll showcase really emphasize it. it. It's yeah. going to emphasize AIW even more. You know what I mean? Like, well, we'll, we'll there'll be a lot of footage on it, right, we'll, and it's yeah. going to get us more screen time right. and like you know stuff like yeah, that. Benefits both of us. So like we're like fuck it, man. Like yeah, let's do Cabana versus Kikutaro, like because. That's going to be what is going to make for the best part of the movie. And, you know, I didn't think that anyone else would do it on the on the loop. You know, uh, maybe it was planned or maybe it wasn't. But uh, I was just like, let's do that because that's going to be good for the movie. And then, you know, we had been wanting to do Grado versus Tracy's Mothers for years. I mean, that was on the books for the Grado Does America weekend. Yeah. So we're like, fuck it, let's do it. And we know for sure that that is going to be weird because Tracy is who knows what mind. he's going to do. Yeah. Uh, and like that's another thing I I I love about part three is like when you're backstage and you're like you show that human side of Tracy where he was just like you know being the normal Tracy that all the boys know and the mm-hmm. promoters know and like you know he's just talking you know uh, about you know why he does what he does and everything and it's just like people just you know there's people that hate when we book Tracy's mother's at AIW because they know he's gonna talk for forty five minutes and they don't get it like him and I love it because we everything he says we fucking like we just laugh at and we know that like he's just fucking around you know that's just that's his shtick or whatever those are his bumps right right yeah. right and like i love that you kind of talk to like, him about that him. and like he you know he explains like hey you know 1996 or whatever you know like ray mysterio was around so i had to fucking figure something else out mm. and you know now he's probably i don't know fucking 60s or late 50s and you know he's still 
fifties. Yeah, know. I don't yeah. know about sixties. Fifties, fifties. I'd at say least. early fifties. Fifties yeah. at least, or even late forties. But uh, one of my favorite parts of any, all three of the movies. I don't know. I, I'm not gonna spoil it, but was involved his keys. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, 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 it was literally one of the favorite. Well, and then his watch. I've never told the story on the podcast, but Tracy and I became friends because I attended a Cleveland All Pro show in 2005 at Turner's Hall. And Tracy Smothers was abandoned because he locked his keys in the car and everybody, all the boys and all the fans left. So I sat with him for five hours in a blizzard. In the middle of winter, yeah. It was a blizzard because AAA, he called AAA and AAA is just like, keys locked in a car. JT didn't give a fuck. He's like, I'm out of here. Yeah, JT's like, I got to deliver bread in the morning. Sorry. So like I sat with Tracy for five hours. And since then, Tracy finally. Well, tell him what he did. He bought you dinner. Well, yeah. Tracy goes, man, Chris, I'm really hungry. I'm really hungry. Let's go get a bite to eat. So I'm like, dude, there's like two miles away. There's this diner. He goes, I don't want to go to a diner. Take me to that corner store. So he goes, what do you want? I go, get me like an iced tea. I'm not really hungry, but, you know, just give me an iced tea because he ran in. He comes back out with a water for him. And he goes, man, you need a, you need something healthier than iced tea. I got you a bag of Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> I go, I'm not even hungry. I wanted something to drink. Drink this bag of Doritos. But since then, no matter what, he'll always come up and hug me and go, Chris, man, I got my keys tonight. I got yeah. my keys tonight. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a, I he won't spoil it. Them. Yeah, you'll, he loses his keys, and uh, you'll have to see the movie to see where, where, where they are. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's by far my, my favorite. I think, you know, it, it just – uh, it kind of shows that you grew also as like a, I guess a filmmaker or producer, you know, like, I think this is like, you know, it's, it's nice. It flows good. It's not too much. It's not too little. It's, just, it's pr- you know, probably the perfect length. And uh, I think it, you know, it shows so many just kind of different stories and uh, really, I think is going to open people's eyes in America more to Grado, especially. Yeah. I And that's the thing is, is that, I've said this on a I said this on a do, while doing media is that for some like Grado became a hit and a cult favorite because of the Vice documentary and the BBC documentary. It, it wasn't because of his wrestling. His wrestling's shit. <laughs> yeah. So when TNA just put him on TV and was just like, "Here's this wrestler," it's like, no, like you gotta like human not humanize him, but you gotta just it's gotta be documentary. Yeah, that's where he shines. Like you gotta explain his like backstory or let him explain his yeah, backstory yeah. through like just. Showing Talking, the life yeah. of, yeah, and so like they just toss him on TV, and then Dave Meltzer goes, "This guy doesn't deserve to be on Slam Reverse." Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, and man, Dave, he's about and, it. but Dave, he might be right, but because he didn't see the Vice documentary, of the BBC. Right, documentary. like this guy drew five thousand people at the fucking <laughs> Hydro. The hydro. So, but but yeah, so yeah, like hopefully that again, this is his American documentary. Cause, yeah, because I feel like you know the Vice thing or you know the 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 BBC thing or whatever. Like I feel like. You have to like really seek that out, mm-hmm. unless you know you you know you fucking you know live in Scotland or whatever. Like I know Sonjay Dutt turned us on to it. Right. And, like, well, it's Sonjay Dutt and you. It was yeah. you two. Well, Sonjay was, turned me on to it. Yeah, you two were like the guys. Like, oh, you got to check this guy out, and then I became obsessed. Of course, like, I got to meet this guy. So I think, uh, yeah, and Kikuzo is moving to America now. Uh, it's his dream. Yeah, like now going back and like uh, watching that again, I'm like. Fuck man, we gotta start. We gotta book Kiku Taro because I remember he said I'll be in America in one year. And here, uh, and here we do. We put it in out. I'm putting this DVD out one year later. Kiku's just about to come. But I like think I forgot December. how fucking good that match was, you know? Because like we, run, you know, we run shows and you just forget. And then watching it through the movie, and then 
how you guys explain the different things and fucking how how it all comes I, together. I told every AIW student that they need to buy it, number one, so you like us more. <laughs> and number two, the psychology stuff of, and, you know, I won't give examples because I don't want to give it away, but there's so many, like, things that you're like, oh, impromptu, this changed the whole flow of the match. And, like, the biggest thing that we try to install in the students is, like, you know, if you go from point A to point B, there might be a detour and you have to be ready for it. You know, you have to be ready for anything. And I thought that was an interesting thing. You know, I know you're not uh, you don't like to do too much inside baseball stuff and mm-hmm. you like your stuff. But I thought that was a super interesting thing, especially for fans to realize, like the hecklers changed the flow. The pizza changed the flow. Right. And, you know, I don't want to give anything y- else. Yeah. Away, like I, you know, now now that he said that, like, I, you know, I found that part almost, you know, fascinating because, you know, I. I know wrestling and all this other stuff, but then how you break it down throughout the movie, like you guys are cutting back to where you're just talking and kind of planning the match and then showing it, you know, in action. And then well, just the way you Jack, break the whole fucking thing down. Well, like, that's Jack Edinger though. He's, he was great at that. He, he edited it all together and that was kind of his, I mean, I, yeah, I thought the flashbacks were yeah, awesome. I, and when I first saw it too, I was like, Jack, like that, that was the best. And he was like, thanks, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, like, like, uh, you know, I I just I really fucking you know I I can't say enough good about it. I didn't think, you know, I I even love part two, but it like I didn't like it better than part one. You know, part one was like I loved part one, mm-hmm. and now like I don't think anything's gonna ever top part three well, because fucking like it's just such like I, I don't know like it's such just like a magical story. You know, like like Kikutaro, you know, like. I knew nothing about that fucking guy, mm-hmm. like th- nothing at all. I just I knew what he did and what he was, but right. I never seen. Well, him part four is I'm touring around with AIW. We're doing all of Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. Fuck, man, you like if you if we're you go taking and, it on tour. If you go and negotiate the deals, man, we're in. <laughs> uh, yeah. Give me some Bomba socks money. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate it, guys. That's my uh, those are my movies, and AIW had a huge part in all of them. Coltmerch.com, digitalcolt.com. Seriously, like we're like that's one of the, like the kind of badge of honors that we you know that we uh, we have is just like there's there's not a lot like there there's so much stuff that goes wrong with wrestling and uh, it has so much ups and downs but being featured in all three of those movies and like just how much we love documentaries and wrestling documentaries uh, that's like something that no matter what like even when if we fucking close down and stop doing wrestling like. That's something like that we we're a legacy. And like we're we're proud to have been a part of all three of those movies because you know nobody else could say that. So mine are one, two, and three. They're available at coltmerch.com. But also, uh, these shows are full DVDs. Yeah, full DVD. Like you know, you don't get the full match in the documentary, right? Uh, you know, in in, in any of them, but they're and all. I have to announce. We'll go ahead. Oh, okay. I have an announcement. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, but if you want to see, you know, the, the all these matches, you know, in full from Wrestling Road Riders one, two, and three, uh, they're all available at shop.aiwrestling.com. At a three pack for twenty five dollars, Chandler Biggins out the door special. <laughs> what were the? Do you remember the shows in the dates? Uh, Double Edged Sword. It was t- September something two thousand nine. I want to say maybe thirteenth. Okay. Okay. That's maybe September sixteenth, maybe it was yeah. September two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. That was Double Edged Sword in Sandusky, Ohio. Gauntlet for the Gold Seven at Turner's Hall, March something. What? I'm gonna say March eighteenth. That's a guess. Two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, maybe thirteen. Okay, and then 
No Sleep Till Brooklyn, December last, December fifth of last year. Yeah, so and, I buy them all. That you know, going in, actually going in the theme of us being in Wrestling Road Diaries, we couldn't find a venue for that one either, and we had already had you booked, and that's why we wound up at that weird little building. I thought that building was great. Oh, like it was. It's it was perfect great. for wrestling. It was fucking real expensive, but it was oh, great. Was it? Yeah, yeah, it's more than Mount Carmel that we normally. Yeah, run. it's more than because like, it's per per hour where Mount Carmel. We pay the guy at the beginning of the day, and then he never comes. But back like, anymore. I thought that that gave such a cool vibe, though. You know what I mean? Like, it was a great building. Um, it was one of my favorite buildings. Yeah, it was like, and it was and so it was intimate. Packed. It was so it was packed. packed, and then they built the building like Noah's Ark. So the wood ceiling just made the noise mm. like yeah, ten and, times more like than great it was. acoustics and like it was so packed like all we could do was like hang a fucking curtain up which I fucking loved <laughs> like I love that it was just like it looked just like generic indie wrestling like I don't our entranceway guys were having like a panic attack we're like this is wrestling man. yeah like you know we got these fucking two dads that come and want to build stages and all this bullshit and and, like, I don't think they've ever been independent wrestling other what, than like us so. that's fine but man I I'll I'll settle for a fucking Ian Rotten doorway. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, especially in a fucking documentary, because that's what I want to see when I watch a fucking wrestling documentary. I want it to look like a fucking black curtain, fucking just, you know, people jammed in there, fucking no lighting or anything, just the house lights. Like, uh, I loved how AIW looked at that movie, even though, you know, that's not how we normally look at Mount Carmel. I loved the presentation of, of that. It was great. Beauty. Well, I just got to say, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, but I just want to thank you for all you've done over the years. Colt, you got any, Colt, you got any plugs? You're supposed to say, Colt, where you at? On <laughs> well, the I, was trying to get, I was trying to get emotional. I was just trying to say, thank you for all you've done. You've been one of the people that have probably helped us the most in professional wrestling. And, I believe in AIW. And oh, throughout the years, I can't think of how many times you've helped us. It's been so many. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it, like you can't even count us. But like even when we didn't. I don't know, like deserve it or know what, know even what kind of like help Stuff that you were giving, giving us. us at the time, you know, like just, uh, so like it's, I, you know, too many, know. too many occasions to count. I weirdly liked you guys for some reason. I don't know what it you're is. You're one of the, you're one of the few, <laughs> <laughs> you're one of the few, especially only one time I think you got mad at me and it was about a casino, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> oh no. I don't know if I remember that one. Oh, we'll talk about yeah, it we'll off the air. We'll talk about that off the air. I was <laughs> real right. scared that the cabana train was pulling out of the station. And I yelled at him, too. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, on the internet, well, yeah, yeah my, listen to my podcast, The Art of Wrestling. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Cole Cabana. And by the, by the thing, um, by, I, the, by the DVDs. Yeah, I can't. I, I honestly can't say enough about Wrestling Road Diaries 3. Like, it's a fucking, like, a masterpiece of, of a film. Uh, and that's... You know, that's 100% legit and genuine. Like, I fucking, I've watched it two times back to back while I was at work. <laughs> Beautiful. The, the perfect time to watch it. And I don't know if you know how to end a podcast, but I will now. Thanks. Oh, fuck, man. This is weird that you do it in front of him. So weird. <laughs> that was like a cuckold thing. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>